Welcome back in listeners to another wonderful episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a great guest today joining us. I'm so excited to be having and to be talking with us today. Joining us, we have Freddie Acevedo, who is currently playing the role of Danny Guerrero in Labyrinth Theater Company's presentation of Dia y Noche. Play now through April 15th at 59E59 Theaters, and you can get your tickets and more information at 59E59.org. This was a wonderful show. I was so over the moon about it. I'm glad I got the pleasure of getting to see it. So I can't wait to share the show and our guests with you. So let's go ahead and bring them on. Freddie, thank you so much for joining us today on Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I am over the moon for to get to have you. I, I'm like, I've got a celebrity, especially from a show <laughs> that I really, really oh. like. And it was, it was such a, a great show. We were talking before we started. I feel like we were swapping war stories about it being set in West Texas, which both of us are basically from. But more importantly, this incredible story that's told in such a beautiful way too it, it, it's not in such a preachy way but more like a disarming way with the right amount of humor and such and so as always with my vague description i hope the listener wants to hear more and with that i, I hope you'll tell us a little bit more about your show yeah so the noche by dave anzuelo is it's a coming of age story that follows you know a pair of unlikely friends Right, so you've got Danny, who is a punk rock Chicano kid. He's a lower working class. And then you've got Martin, who's, you know, more comfortable, you know, uh, upper middle class, comes from an upper middle class family. Uh, and he's a uh, black closeted gay band nerd. So throughout the course of the play, they, you know, teach each other things. They sort of help each other find acceptance in the world that, you know, has uh, acceptance in themselves as well as acceptance in a society that has, you know, put all these labels on them and, and judgments and such. So yeah, you follow you follow them too and they get into, you know, a lot of wild, uh, wild things and, <laughs> and it's a good time. <laughs> exactly. So how did you come upon Dia Inoche? I'm going to backtrack a few years because I did the uh, intensive ensemble with Labyrinth Theater Company uh, the COVID year, the year of t- it was 2020. So that year it was over Zoom and it's normally done in person in Brooklyn, but it was, it was a great experience. You know, I think that we all took a lot from it and we made a lot of friends, you know, and, and uh, with each other and stuff. But that's where I, I for, uh, met Dave. Dave was teaching us a workshop on, uh, it was called a Shamanic workshop right so it was very like spiritually led class and i met him there we connected via socials and stuff you know and and he just calls me one day and he says hey i'm i've been working on this show i think that you might be a good fit because you're actually not as nice as i thought you were <laughs> you know and i was like well what do you mean and he's like, well you know i've i've you know, he's like, I've, I've seen some of the things on your, on your Instagram, you know, like I saw that you wrote this piece and, you know, it's, it's, it was pretty dark and, or even just like, you know, just me like probably ranting about a bunch of other things. Right. Just like, and he's like, I didn't know that about you. And I was like, oh yeah. You know, cause you know, I think that it's really easy for us to wear that mask of, you know, oh, here's, 
here's me in a new setting or or whatever right the, the like that smile uh, that we all that we all wear but he reached out about about having a zoom reading a couple years ago so we did that last year there was a, a, a reading that labyrinth did for their barn series which uh, I was a part of and then I auditioned for 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 the role of this production you know for for Danny in this production so it, it was kind of you know I've kind of been connected to the piece and with Dave, you know, for a few years now. And so, but ultimately I, you know, I had to audition and, and go against other actors that, you know, also did really, could have done really great work with, with the role as well, you know? So it's been a, a couple of years in the making. And what has it been like developing this role of Danny Guerrero this whole time? It's been a really, really, ah, uh, man, it's hard to put into words. It's been a really cool experience. The character of Danny, I feel like, is like is Freddie at the core almost, you know. And so, I feel like there there's so much about my life and and my life experiences that I could lend to the character, but also like the character is also much smarter and worldly and cultured than me, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so there was a lot of you know playing catch up too of of like okay, how do I steep myself in in these ideas, you know? How do I surround myself with the music and, and writing of that that he's into you know that he loves and so I, i've learned a lot you know i learned a lot about myself through the work of, through the work working on this character but yeah it's you know it's it's been as nerve-wracking as any other yeah you know sometimes i think that actors are, you know i think that we can get in our heads about the process and stuff especially with when there's no blueprint you know there's no blueprint of like oh so and so has done this role or so ultimately but ultimately it was really great to have a, an encouraging team you know and i think that really a positive culture in the room and a, a playwright and a director that were, were, you know both grew up as punk kids and it's like hey can we talk about this can can you know can maybe shed some light on like what this was like you know so there's a lot of uh, learning too and also just recalling my dad, who's uh, my dad, who was you know very much grew up in Chicago. You know, he's a you know Chicano kid that that was also into the punk scene and and rock and all this stuff, right? So just connecting to the music that that Danny's into in this time in 1984 in El Paso, Texas, and then just you know having connections to that already, plus then filling in those gaps with like, all right, you know, hey Dave, like let's talk about this or Carlos, let's let's talk about what what you know, what the world of this was. I'm really thankful that the room was very generous, you know, and that, you know, just to always be reminded, hey, dude, you're not on an island here, you know, you're, uh, we're all, we're all helping shape this and mold this new character. But yeah, super rewarding at the end of the day. I love that. Love that journey. Yeah. With this powerful show, these two great friends and, and all the, I, I hate to put it this way, but all the baggage it comes with, these relationships and everything, what is the message or thought you're hoping that audiences will take away from it? Mm. Well, selfishly, I kind of hope that the thought that they have is like, that is, well, I know that guy. Or like, that is, there was, there was someone that was in the audience, one of the shows that said that I reminded them of one of their cousins. And I was like, that's so, that's so huge. You know, that's a huge compliment. So selfishly, that right but like but on a, on a more on a bigger scale i hope that people leave inspired you know I th we, we've i think we've all received 
DMs or messages or emails talking about uh, how how this show has inspired them to want to create more, and I hope that they do. I hope that you know more of our stories are written, but also inspired to find their own acceptance. You know, mm. that's like a, a, a an ongoing. That's a life ongoing journey for just for life, right? It's just finding that true acceptance of ourselves. I think that the phrase, you know, you are enough is tossed around a lot. And while, uh, you know, I don't want to invalidate it at, in whatsoever, but I think that sometimes, you know, I feel like sometimes we can say something like that and not truly try and grasp like the meaning of that. So I, you know, you've got, you've got all these characters in this play that in some way are searching for themselves, you know, and searching for a place in the world and acceptance. And so ultimately on a bigger scale, I hope that people leave inspired to, to find that for themselves, acceptance. It's beautiful. I love that. And the final question I have for this first part is who do you hope have access to your show? Mm. Yeah. People like my mom, people like my, my brothers, you know, people that don't, wouldn't otherwise have a theater experience. Yeah, so, you know, people that I grew up around, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, in the east side of Fort Worth, and so their theater is not really a thing, right? Like, I didn't, I really didn't know theater was a thing or that you can make a career of it until I was like 19, right, or 20. <laughs> so I hope that more, like, people bring their families, I hope that people bring their, you know, hope that Latinos bring their families, you know, not just the theater friends. I hope that they also have access to the show because it's really important for them to see, hopefully, see themselves, you know, in in the characters like Danny, like Martin, like Edna, Jessica. Yeah. I want to shift lanes now and I want to give the audience a little bit more of a chance to get to know you a little bit better. And I want to start by asking you what inspires you, what shows, uh, plays, composers inspire you or are even some of your favorites? Yeah. So I've always been a fan of hip hop rap music, mm. right? So, and I think that started with, with my dad sharing like his favorites, you know, like LL Cool J, Arabi and Rakim. And then for me, like as a kid, like, you know, listening to people like Nas and, and, and Biggie and, you know, like I, so I, I, I love like those, like people like, like Nas, you know, I mean, there's so many great like hip hop artists, like, you know, J Cole, like I can name so many of them, but it's just something about their writing and like, they're just has always like, you know, struck a chord with me right so i and i think that that's the part that that influences my writing right that is then tends to be um you know very poetic in nature you know and and even plays you know tend to be very poetic in nature at first so there's a lot of influence there you know but in terms of acting and and, and the theater world and that when i when i went to i went to undergrad down in corpus christi texas at AM corpus and that's where I started to sort of get a grasp of like this whole theater thing of like, oh, okay, like I'm 
I'm falling more in love with this and I'm, I'm, I'm finding kind of a place here, right? And, and I came across a few plays by Stephen Ali Gerges, Labyrinth Theater Company member, right? And so I, I came across The Motherfucker with the Hat. I loved it. And then I read Our Lady of 121st Street and that just like destroyed me. And so I, you know, I kept looking into like his work and, and, and learning a little bit more about, about Labyrinth at the time. And, you know, to me, Labyrinth was just, you know, this top tier, you know, like super high on a pedestal and still, you know, still is like when I see some of these guys, sometimes I'm just, I'm still like, whoa, dude, like you were this person. Like, that's amazing, <laughs> you know, but yeah, Stephen Allegurgis's work has had a huge impact on my, my pursuit of the theater career. Chicano writers like Octavio Solis also, I read his play Lydia and, you know, when I read that for the first time, I, I w it was one of those few moments, you know, where it's like, oh, wow, I feel completely seen. Like, my soul is, like, it's, this place speaks to my soul. And then, you know, as a kid, like, I watched a lot of, you know, things that Edward James almost was in, you know, fantastic, just fantastic artists in general. And S.I. Morales, too, you know, I, you know, he's Puerto Rican, but man, like, that dude's amazing, right? So one of the, the first movie I saw him in was My Family. Mi Familia. So he was in that, Jimmy Smith was in that, Edward James Olmos. But just, yeah, this story about this big Mexican family. There's, you know, a, a, few, a few people that have uh, influenced my journey, I'd say, you know. That's a great list to have, though. I love all that. I know you've been busy running the show. It's been up and running for a few weeks now. And I'm sure before that, obviously, with rehearsals. But have you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listeners? So since we've been, since tech and the show, I haven't been able to get out because uh, we've had a lot of similar schedules with people, but there are a few projects that, that you know, we've got friends that are working in that, have, that I continue to hear really great things about. One of them being um, This Goddamn House, it's playing at the Chain Theater. Did you see that? I did. So uh, Kirk Gaskowski and his wife, Christina Perry, Dear, dear friends of the show, they invited us out for one of their first performances, and it was so good. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, I'm so bummed that with that, because we had the same schedule, you know, and so we, we couldn't see it. Uh, DJ Zayas, a friend of mine, who uh, he assistant directed that play, he uh, came and saw the show last night, and yeah, and I'm glad that they, they got to make it. But it was That was the one time, I think, that they, that they could make it. But, you know, like, I've heard... I keep hearing like lots of fantastic things about that play, right? And then Sancocho just got an extension. A sixth um, one, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and Harry Nadal, who is our set designer and costume designer, works uh, worked on that show, as well as Herman Martinez, our sound designer, worked on that show as well. So, yeah, if by some... And I'll be able to see that one. But unfortunately, I won't be able to see yeah, this goddamn house, which is a big bummer. But... Everyone should go see those plays. <laughs> what is your favorite part about working in the theater? My favorite part is that it's it's so unlike any other industry or any other gig, you know, that, that, that I've had. My favorite part is that your coworkers become friends and they become family, ultimately, you know, a lot of the time. Or the opportunity is there for that because I think that we, we connect on a level in, in the work that we do we connect on a level that is, I think, rarer in a lot of, you know, many other industries, uh, or at least the ones that I've had experience working in. So I'd say 
that's my favorite part. My favorite part is is you have an opportunity to expand and build and make community with you know other really talented artist humans and just building those relationships and, and connections with people I think is really special. Yeah, you know, we ultimately become family. Yeah. We love a good family. <laughs> well, that brings me to my favorite question, which is what is your favorite theater memory? Ooh, top of the list is, so I was able to, to so I was on this um, show down in Bolivia and we were touring, right? We were touring the show through Cochabamba, Sucre, La Paz, and then we there was one day that was supposed to be an off day for us but our director was like hey we've got this uh, opportunity to go do the show in this small town in Tarabuco where you know we'll have an, an opportunity to 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 you know give the show to people that otherwise wouldn't have like been able to come into one of the bigger cities to see it you know we were all like cool it sounds great let's 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 go let's do it you know and so we get there and it's like this house slash restaurant slash like art studio space it was uh it was super cool you know we, we we sat down and we had lunch like the the they hosted us you know and we got to know people and stuff and and then we started to get prepped for the show and we were also informed that day that uh, there was a group of young artists a group of like you know these kids were like i would say 11 to maybe 15 years old you know, we were informed that they were going to give us a presentation of something that they've been working on. We were like, cool, awesome, you know, but before we went on. So we sat and we, we, we watched their presentation of, uh, it, was, it was a few short plays that they did. But, oh my God, these kids and like the work that they presented, like all of us were like in tears, you know, we were, so they were telling us about, or this, you know, their plays were, you know, that they were based on their struggles and like their community, things that were happening with them. And, and, and it was about the water shortages there in town, you know? So water shortages and just how, what that looked like for them and how when the community would come together and protest, somebody from the government would step in and sort of just put a band-aid on something, uh, put a band-aid on the situation in order for the tourists not to get a sense of what's mm -hmm. happening, you know? And so, so this was a town that they, the, the kids, you know, were telling us that they had no idea when they were going to get water, you know, that sometimes, you know, someone's house, you know, a block down might, you know, might have running water. So they all leave their faucets open just in case. And so once somebody has running water, the town finds out. And so then that, you know, then the town goes and fills up their jugs and stuff with water from that person's house. And so then protests happen and, you know, they go to, to the big cities and, you know, you have a government official come out and talk to the, the organizer. And ultimately the organizer gets paid off. You know, they get paid off with either with money or with like this, you know, this stupid, crazy supply of water. And then somebody else has to take that role of community organizer. And ultimately they fall, you know, to, to this corruption. So all that to say, after the kids did this, you know, did this piece, I was just sitting there feeling like, 
are we are we're following that like do we uh, what what is our story going to give them like they just gave us so much you know and uh, and ultimately they, they they loved you know they loved our our show uh, which was a show uh, based on uh, andean mythology but oh man like i will never forget that i will never forget going to bolivia you know on a tour of a show and just being like knocked like knocked on my ass by these kids you know by their story and like the, their heart and the pouring their heart soul into the work yeah it, it was it was it was really special you know going down there and, and experiencing that and also seeing other other theater and just you know just being down there thinking like oh my god like we have no idea like how good we have it you know it was it was just one of those moments and and just in theater you know i think oftentimes that we, we can get really tied up in like what we don't have at you know when we go off to work in regional theater or even here in new york you know yeah thank you for uh for listening to this ted talk <laughs> <laughs> no thank you for that that was an incredible memory thank you so much for sharing that are there any other productions or projects you have coming on the pipeline we might be able to plug for you? No, there, there's things in the works. There's things in the works right now. Nothing set in stone or official, but there's there's some stuff here in New York. I'm going, after this, I'm going down to Kansas City, which is where I was before New York, and I'm uh, doing a short film with a friend of mine, Jerry Mignon. And, and it's funny, because that, that one's also a punk rock show. Oh, no, it's a punk rock short film about these uh, la these Latino uh, kids in, in the 80s too. And so, but just happens to be set in the Midwest, you know? So yes. yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that and uh, seeing what, what that brings. But but yeah, in terms of theater stuff, there's, there's stuff in the works too, you know? I'm fairly new to New York, so I'm also still seeking out, you know, representation that's a good fit and, and all that mess. But, you know, I'm on a good, I feel like I'm on a good timeline. Love it. Well, the final question I have is if our listeners want more information about Dia Inoche or about you, perhaps they want to reach out to you, how can they do that? Yeah, if you have any questions about the play, you could probably reach out to Dave, you know, directly. I'm sure he'd be more than happy. And he's got a website, daveonswello.com. But for me, if you want to reach out to me about the play or just about life or whatever, uh, go to my Instagram. It's uh, at Freddy Acevedo. That's at F-R-E-D-D-Y-A-C. E V E D O. But yes, shoot me a message on there. I've received, you know, some DMs from people that have seen the show already. And, you know, it's always really nice to see how our work is impacting people. Or if you just have any questions in general, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Wonderful. Well, Freddie, thank you so much for joining me today. This really has just been amazing. Uh, again, I've been over the moon about your show since I saw it, and I, I'm just so happy that you were able to take the time to speak with us about this great show. So thank you. No, thank you so much for having me and, and for helping us get the word out, you know, um, and thanks for supporting us in the, in the room, too, and being there to have the experience with us. My guest today has been Freddie Acevedo, who plays Danny Guerrero in Labyrinth Theater Company's presentation of Dia y Noche, playing now through April 15th at 59E59 Theaters. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting 59E59.org. And make sure that you follow Freddie on Instagram at Freddie Acevedo. You'll be able to keep up with all of his latest projects and productions, which there will be many, many, many more to come. So you'll want to be on the ground floor for that. 
And for right now, just go and get your tickets for this great, great play. I promise you will not be disappointed. It's a roller coaster ride. If you're older like me, you're going to go back in time in your college years, and you're just going to have the best time of your life. Check out Dia Inoche at 5090-59 Theaters now through April 15th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.